April 29th. It is draft day, NFL draft tonight. About that, as we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, we'll get some FCS playoff the quarterfinals. Uh, so we'll get some picks uh, for that and a couple other things as well going on. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio uh, app as well. Thanks to Tinker for coming on on Monday. Go check that out where we talked pretty in-depth about the Cowboys and the draft. We gave out some names. Today we'll do a little more uh, broad reading, so go check that out. That was on uh, on on Monday. And we appreciate him for coming on his podcast. It's called A Cowboy's Life. Ryan, how's it going? It's going good. Told you earlier, it's a bit of a um, hectic morning for your boy. But uh, we're, you know, we adapt, you overcome. And uh, here we are, ready to roll. I will say, I forgot on Monday to ask, but since we had Jake on, but how was the uh, how was Lone Star Park on fr- last Friday? It was good. Uh, it was it was it was pretty. It was fun. It was a good time. Um Nothing like, you know, little little Friday juice. But, uh, it, yeah, it was quite quite the time, quite the scene. Were you uh, victorious? Yeah, we were. Yeah, a couple times. Uh, you know, probably down for the day. But that includes, you know, everything. Uh, but uh, we we uh, we were able to cash a couple tickets. So that was that's always fun. Was it crowded? Uh, not at first, but uh, later on in the day it did. Yeah, all the all the horse to gens had to be because that was opening day, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What do you think is the more degenerate, the uh, the motorized scooter oxygen tank at Windstar or the Lone Star Park person? I think I think option A because chances are they're usually like cashing their social security check or something to be there, <laughs> or their Medicare or Medicaid something like that. So I think option A is is the uh, is the answer. But close. It is close. It is close. Absolutely. There's a, uh, you know, some, you know, with, with, with Lone Star, you can get like your, uh, you know, your casual guys, kind of like you know me or whatever. But when you're when you got the oxygen tank rolled up next to you at the slot machine and you're just you know pushing, spin again, spin again, spin again, it gets a little sad after a while. Yeah, it does. One, I always, I always. Uh... One of my moves at Windstar. I think they're more at Windstar, not at Choctaw. Yeah. Um, but uh, counting how many scooters, motorized scooters or oxygen tanks are there. But I'll say the real degenerate is the person that goes. Because I think what Lone Star Park just does racing on what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yes. Um, the real degenerate is the one that shows up to Lone Star Park on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for off the track gambling that is and just watch it on the screen that's the true degenerate yeah absolutely because i mean you know with tvg you know your your different uh offshore betting accounts whatever you can do that from the comfort of your own home but if you're showing up midweek at you know noon or one to to do that then yeah you're probably in a in a tough spot um yeah no total tough spot and the thing is you just again watch it on you can just bet it at well, I guess there you want the cat. You bet cash. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you want you want you, you don't want to. You don't yeah. want to put it into a Twin Spires account or, uh, or uh, something like that. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was uh, going at. Today we'll also have some NFL draft draft uh, props uh, as well. So we're getting that. All right, let's talk some draft here. It is tonight. So the weather in Cleveland today mm-hmm. terrible. Terrible. That's what happens when the NFL puts an event in the end of April. Who knows? Tuesday, it was 80 degrees. Today, 100%. It's raining right now. It's like 65, 70. But tomorrow, uh, it's supposed to be in the high 50s, low 60s, and sunny. And then Saturday, in the 60s as well, and sunny. So first round of the weather is bad. But uh, the big talk, as it's been, is will the... Um, um, Will the 49ers, what are they going to do? Okay, everyone says the draft. Does the, is the draft really going to? St- I think the really what uh, everyone's like, oh, the draft starts here. The draft starts here. We really pretty much know what the 49ers are going to do. We pretty much know, at least position-wise, we don't know the person. We pretty much have a good idea of what the uh, 
Falcons are going to do it number four. They're going to take Kyle Pitts. All signs point to that. It seems like we've come to the consensus that the Bengals are going to take uh, Jamar Chase at number five. And then number six is the Dolphins. That seems like a consensus or all signs pointing to. They're going to take Jalen Waddle at number six. Really, you got to look at the Lions for where the draft starts. Now, obviously, the Bengals could trade out. The Dolphins could trade out. Um, but it seems like everyone's like, oh, wow, really fireworks starting off. The only fireworks are going to be who the 49ers pick at three. And then after that, I think until seven, we kind of know or we have an idea of what uh, idea of uh, who's going to be picked. Yeah, see, I don't know. I I kind of disagree with you there at five and six. Um, I do think the Bengals are, for whatever reason, maybe leaning a little bit more towards uh, Jamar Chase. But I think I think the pick should be Panay Sewell. But I, I don't think that's that. I don't think it's to say it's a consensus. I think it's a bit of an uh, you know an overstatement. And I think I don't know how he slips to seven with Panay Sewell. Um, you know, uh, if if they if the Bengals take him there at five, I think the the Dolphins go Jamar Chase. If Jamar Chase is taken at five, I think the Dolphins go Panay Sewell at six. Uh, I think that's just how it how it should go. I, I especially with the Dolphins having a second first round pick this year. Uh, what was it, twenty three? around there um you can still get a because what they're what they're chasing is is a is a deep threat a deep wide receiver threat and obviously if you have your choice of one of the big three in waddle jamar chase or Devonte smith you're going to want to take one of those guys early and not just wait to see what's left around at 23 so I don't, I don't know there's a lot of moving parts here i mean i would love for san francisco to just throw a wrench in this whole thing and take kyle pitts at three i don't think that's happening but I think it would be hilarious, and I would love it because then that would kind of send everybody scrambling. But uh, I don't know. I don't think people. I don't think uh, Atlanta's ruled out trading at four. I think they should stay there and take Kyle Pitts if he's there. But I, I, I don't know. I've, I say this. I feel like I say this almost every year, but I really feel like it this year that there's, there's still a lot of moving parts at that four, five, and six spot that uh, can dictate the later picks. You know, the, the, the fifteen through twenty, fifteen through twenty-five, to where this is kind of this could be, uh, you know, a, one of the more exciting drafts and one of the more the drafts where we've seen more movement. And I know they say that every year, but it's I, I feel like it's got to be true because there's so many teams jockeying for position for either a quarterback or for one of those big ca- pass catchers. Um, and it's kind of pushing these tackles and defense defensive players towards the towards the middle to end of the of the draft. So I don't know. It's just to say it starts with the Lions. Like I said, I think a bit of an overstatement because I still don't think that it's a consensus of what is happening at five and six. Um. Okay. Um. No, I understand where you're coming from, but it just seems like, and I mean consensus by the the mocks and stuff like that, which are usually not that right, but. It just seems like the the wins, and I will say, like the Cincinnati Bengals, their their GM or executive, whoever's running the draft, said that we feel, or he said that they think there's good offensive line depth in the draft that they could get a guy in the second round. That's still pretty good. Well, that pretty much just says, well, yeah, we're gonna. That points to why I think they're gonna take Jamar yeah. Chase, um, just by hearing what he's. You know, you're not gonna throw a smoke screen out. I'm saying we think there's good offensive linemen in the second round because there's probably going to be a good run on tackles in the middle to late of the first round. Like, so they're not going to put a smoke screen uh, out on that. And the dolphins, I think are really the true wild card, but what you alluded to, and I mentioned, maybe I mentioned this off the air to you or something, but I felt like I mentioned that. What if the, what if the Niners trade up for pits? And that was going to be one of my long shot bets as to the props. We can kind of sprinkle those in as we go. But one of the things I I, like at the value is Kyle Pitts to be uh, taking a pick number three. That is plus 2000. And look, you're throwing a little cash on that. I don't think those, I think those are like pretty good odds for that pick. Like they are, they are in, the 49ers are in win-now mode, if you look at it from the big picture. They're in win-now mode. Mm-hmm. Who is a player that gets them to, like, adds to the win-now mode? It's not Mac Jones. It's not Justin Fields. It's not Trey Lance. It's Kyle Pitts. 
he is the guy that takes that adds to the win now mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm I'm cold on Jimmy G. I th- you're cold on Jimmy G, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but he still took him to the Super Bowl. And if you have Kittle, Kyle Pitts, the running game, and who do they got on the outside? Oh, Brandon Ayuk. Like that's pretty good weapons. And you know what? Jimmy G should probably be able to be pretty effective with those guys. So. Like just for a plus two thousand, just like a pizza money, as one of these guys I follow for soccer bets goes, throw some pizza money on it. I don't think that is a bad, that's a bad bet. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, I think it's a long shot. But look, if the 49ers take Kyle Pitts, and I've talked about, like, oh, I've looked at that number of plus two thousand, and I don't bet it, and they do, I will be devastated. It's just one that you like. Well, since I've talked about it. I just have to. I have to do. I have to bet it. It's one of those. If you if you bet it, they won't do it. If you don't bet it, they will do it. So you, yes. you know, <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. But no, I agree. And he's still got to throw in Debo Samuel there on the offense. I mean, he's kind of an offensive weapon for San Francisco. So I agree. You know, if they if if they do take Kyle Pitts, uh, I'm sorry if you hear some some madness going on in the background. I don't know if you can or not. Um, I didn't but, hear that there, but my air conditioner is also going, so I okay. Well, uh, I also got a haircut yesterday. So I'm having to adjust my uh, the headset a little bit because okay. it hasn't. I haven't figured out a good spot without the without the fro going on. <laughs> okay, but uh, either way, no. I think I think Kyle Pitts absolutely uh, vaults San Francisco into that top spot of the NFC West if they take him. But again, are they building for? You know, are they trying to find somebody to groom? Are they finding somebody that they think that could, they can plug in with that running game with, you know, a couple of those offensive weapons that they have right now? Because there's there's still going to be a run first offense, right? I mean, they're still going to go th- try to run that that option. Uh, excuse me, not, not, uh, not option, but um, yeah, I guess kind of the option run, whatever. It's whatever the you zone scheme. The, the zone, zone scheme. Zone scheme. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. The zone scheme um, that they uh, that the Shanahan's have made have made famous and that they have made their money off of. Um, but, uh, you know, you add a weapon like Kyle Pitts, who's just just that, a weapon. He can play tight end. He can split out wide. You add him with Greg Kittle, who can do both those same things as well. Uh, you'd listen to Warren Sharp from Sharp Football. 21 personnel, two tight ends, one running back, is the most efficient offense that you can run, whether it's yards gained, whether it's points scored, whatever it, whatever the statistic is, it is statistically shown that 21 personnel is that most effective uh, package for offenses to, like I said, move the ball, score the ball, whatever it is. So you add the two top tight ends, I mean, or two two top passing, excuse me, two top pass catching tight ends uh, in that offense. I mean, if Jimmy G is really that incompetent, <clears throat> excuse me, then they have to maybe look at something else. You know, maybe they can grab somebody there at the at the uh, in the middle to end of the draft. But I I think taking a shot at Trey Lance at Justin Fields, I think it's those two. You know, you're throwing darts and hoping that you hit a bullseye. I think if it's me, I'd rather go with the sure thing in in, in what it seems like Kyle Pitts. So uh, so to your point, yes, I would agree that that plus two thousand does look very juicy, and you would you know it'd be smart to throw a little bit of that pizza money on there. And it's also not like George Kittle, some Iron Man. He's very, he's a, he's a tough SOB, but he gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever played a full season, has he? Uh, that I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I'm not 100% sure. But it w- if I had to give you a quick answer, I'd probably say no. Yeah, like he's missed at least three or four games in multiple seasons. So it's not like he is... Um, He's played 16 games once, and that was in 2016. Uh, or 2018, sorry. 2017, he played in 15 games. He played in 14 in 2019, and then last year he played eight games. So, I mean, he's he has injury concerns, too. So, um, I just think that's not a bad little value play. I also don't get... So, everyone's saying, staying with the 49ers and the quarterback thing. So everyone is like, oh, Mac Jones. He is like every quarterback he's worked with, he fits that role. Kirk Cousins. You could even throw Brian Hoyer when he was with the Browns, Matt Ryan, all these guys. What? Why would you want your ceiling to be that with Mac Jones? Like, isn't he? He's trying to upgrade on Garoppolo. 
all those guys I mentioned off really aren't that mobile. The new NFL game is you can extend plays with your legs. Fields and Trey Lance both can do that. Like the whole point is to like if you're drafting that quarterback, you're trying to get the best quarterback that you think could be in your system and has the most talent. And that's either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Like I don't get the Mac Jones. Like he's he's just all these guys light version. Like I I don't get it. I I don't get it. I don't understand how you can watch Justin Fields against Clemson and just look at that guy and be like, oh, you know what? He, I'd take Mac Jones. I understand Mac Jones played great against Ohio State. It's also, like, everybody's running wide open. It's great scheming. They just got the best players around them. And another thing I haven't heard anything about Mac Jones is, you hear this with Trey Lance. You don't hear this with Mac Jones. Oh, well, you know, Trey Lance, he only played – he only started one season or he only started 19 games at FCS and played one game this year. Mac Jones started one season in Alabama and played a couple games after Tua got her. Like that guy's not experienced as a starter either. Right. You're looking for experience. Justin Fields has been a two-year starter. Trevor Lawrence has been pretty much a three-year starter, two-and-a-half-year starter. Like why is it that everything is always – no one's really criti- – the only criticism of Mac Jones is that, oh, he's got so much talent in Alabama – and that he's slow. It's not no experience, none of this, none of that. It's just I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, no, it's kind of pick your narrative with certain guys. Um, you know, and if you want to even go back to 2012 and you look at Shanahan's um, with Bob, uh, right? Success, yeah, with with Bobby G the third, you would think that he'd want a mobile quarterback, a guy that maybe he they can mix in that option run a little bit more the read option. I know it's kind of dying out, but you know, it's, it's another weapon and something else that the defense would have to account for. And that's why I think everyone's, you know, for the last couple of weeks, everyone's saying Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. I think the pick should be Justin Fields. And you know, I'm not a Justin Fields guy. I mean, I, there, there was some Justin Fields slander coming my way or coming your way from me uh, in the middle of the season. Not necessarily that I didn't think he was good, but just that I didn't know if he was one of those top guys uh, that you know you would you would put your franchise on and and take him in this top five draft, but if it's going to come down to it between him and Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones could be a fine quarterback in the NFL. Like you said, a Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, if if that's his if that's his floor, I think he's great. If that's his ceiling, you know, it is what it is. You want to spend a third round pick on Kirk Cousins, or excuse me, a third overall pick on Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. Uh, but Justin Fields, with the uh, like I said, all things considered, in that San Francisco offense. I think would be the better fit uh, for we you know be, for the mobility that he has the the deep throw with Brandon Ayuk and a couple of those other weapons that they have that we mentioned and I think I think that should be the pick if they're going quarterback it's got to be. I also don't understand how uh, we've just people have just like resigned to the fact that you know what yeah the Jets are making a good move by drafting Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. Like I think the Jets are crazy for drafting Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. Justin Fields throughout his whole life, it's been him or Trevor Lawrence, him or Trevor Lawrence. And he pretty much lived up to the hype at Ohio State. Justin Fields lost two games. He lost to Alabama, and he lost to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence lost, what, two games in college? He lost one to LSU, and the other one was to Justin Fields. Like, they were the top two. They were the highest recruits ever except for Vince Young. So they're the number two and number three highest rated recruits ever uh, in the sport. Like, so we're just like, oh, Zach Wilson lit it up at BYU in a COVID year. Didn't play at all in 2019. Had to win the job at the beginning of the season. We're like, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson, man, he's just b- better than than Justin Fields. And we're just all resigned to the fact like, I think they just are crazy for taking Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. I, I don't get that one either. Justin Fields is like the second best quarterback in the draft. And honestly, it's I think him and Trevor Lawrence, they're pretty they're pretty close to each other. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is better, but I think Justin Fields is pretty damn close to Trevor Lawrence as a as a quarterback. And I know you're gonna call me crazy on that, but that's just <clears throat> that's 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 how I feel watching Justin Fields for two years. He had a bad game against Northwestern. He also had a sprained throwing thumb. It's pretty hard for a quarterback to have a good game when your thumb on your throwing hand is sprained. Do we need, Do I need to reference the hit again he took against Clemson in that game? He comes back, takes one play off, and then throws dimes the rest of the game. That's your toughness right there. Like he's And he's a leader. He led the Big Ten coming back 
to play football this year. He put his neck on the line and said, I want to play. I want to play and said, all right, come on, Nebraska, rally behind me. Come on, Minnesota, rally behind me. We're going to play football this year. And he did. He's the main reason the Big Ten played football. How do you not want that guy to lead your franchise? Uh, So a lot of unpack here. Um, I will respectfully disagree with your Justin Fields being pretty close to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a much, much better pro prospect because Why? of his because of his makeup, because of the physical makeup, because of the arm, Justin because of the Fields accuracy. Fields is like 6'5", 225. 6'4", 225. Is he really that tall? Yeah. Hmm. I thought he was like a 6'2", 6'3", guy. No. Now, is he actually that, or is that what he's listed at? No, he's 6'4", measured at 6'4". Okay, okay. Yeah, but now you do have an argument with the Zach Wilson over Justin Fields thing. I'll, I'll give you that. You do have an argument there. Um, I think the real the real atrocity is is the comparison of if is it Justin Fields or is it Mac Jones? Look, as as a as a team of a, a fan of a team that needs a quarterback, back in September I said I want Zach Wilson. That that's that's the goal. Zach Wilson or bust. Obviously, that's you know didn't come anywhere near where I thought it would. And that was basically because where I thought Washington would, would end up and where I thought he would end up in the draft. Nowhere in my mind did I ever think he'd be a top five pick. I thought he'd be in the you know ten to fifteen range, and I thought that would be totally feasible for Washington to to snag him up there. So with things all you know all things considered, uh, again, good points about he didn't play very many more games than the other three guys in Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Uh, didn't play at all last year. Had to come out and win the job. But I mean, he did have a very very good year. Now I get it. It's BYU. I get it. They're not playing the the toughest of schedules. Um, they didn't really you know they didn't take command or take over kind of like Ohio State did in a, in a, you know in a, a weaker Big Ten. Not not weaker saying weaker than what uh, BYU is playing, but the talent level compared to Ohio state, we can all agree is, is always very subpar uh, to that. So I don't know. Like I said, you do have an argument Your Your argument did come off a little Homerish, which is fine. That's your guy. You're going to back him. I, I totally get that for sure. But uh, I do think that Justin Fields, like I said, the, the part that I will agree with is Justin Fields being compared to Mac Jones or, or Trey Lance, not really more, not really Trey Lance, but you know, trying to jockey for position ahead of people uh, or in people's minds ahead of Mac Jones, I think is where we kind of get her a little crazy where it's like it, that. I think, I think it's Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, and you know, Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two and, and Justin Fields two B uh, something like that. So that, there's not a big drop off between Zach Wilson and, and Justin Fields. I don't think the Jets would, could go wrong either way um, with either of those guys. But it seems like they've made up their mind, uh, and so now it's pushed him down back a little bit. And then I think, like I said, I think he needs to be that next guy up. Uh, oh, of course. The, the Justin Fields stuff is a homerish because he's the best quarterback that I've seen play at Ohio State. There's not even a doubt that he's not the best quarterback that's ever played at Ohio State. He 100% is. Um, and I just feel like you just – these these but the draft analysts or whatever, they just overthink everything. Like they say, Oh, I watched the tape. I watched the tape. I'm looking at just watch a guy play football without trying to break down. And I understand footwork's important. All this stuff is important. Blah, 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 blah. But just, I mean, put a game on and say, does this guy seem like he's made making other guys around him better? Yeah. I would say that's what Justin Fields is. It's like, we always, we're always trying to nitpick our slight. If you see something, you're like, Oh, I just, I can't get over that with him. Like he just, he did this, he did that. It's, it's, and that's just all oh, that, that negative weighs on you more than the positives of what he actually did. And, and that's probably why a lot of these teams aren't very successful when it comes to drafting quarterbacks um, out there. Now, I think I would take, I, Mac Jones, I wouldn't, I, I would take Trey Lance ahead of Mac Jones too. I would just, I would, I would take the athleticism over over Mac Jones. Like I want an athlete out there. And and the whole thing is look, Trey Trey Lance, they say, oh, he's like a year away or whatever. Perfect. Guess what? You got Jimmy Garoppolo this year. You can probably trade him next year and Trey Lance can learn and he could it could be the Mahomes model. I'm not saying Trey Lance is gonna be Mahomes, but the Mahomes model of let Alex Smith play, let Jimmy G play, and then they they trade him in the offseason and let him 
come around this year. Like, that's another thing that could happen with Trey Lance. I also think another fascinating thing with the 49ers, a lot of 49ers talk, but uh, they're just trusting Kyle Shanahan with letting him pick this. Like, John Lynch is going to be like, yeah, you're going to pick this guy? What if it fails? Kyle Shanahan is going to get fired in two years, and then John Lynch could get fired, or he's going to be his his backup as well. That's not my quarterback. I didn't draft him. That's Kyle Shanahan. If I'm the owner and be like, well, you're the general manager. I put you in charge of making your picks. Why didn't you flex your muscles and say, no, this is the guy I want? So they're just going to just be fully on board with the Kyle Shanahan thing and just be like, yo, we're, I'm going to let him make the true quarterback pick and not going to. I'm going to have a say, but he's going to get the final say. That seems like a little, for as smart a franchise as the 49ers are, that seems a little short-sighted by John Lynch, if that actually is what happens. Yeah, that's the other thing that, I, that uh, I'm glad you mentioned, because if, you know, you're, you're, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're John Lynch, you're kind of hitching your wagon to hoping that Kyle Shanahan's right, correct? And so if it doesn't work out and then you fire him, now you're stuck with a guy that maybe necessarily you didn't even want. And so now that you're setting your franchise back, you know, another few years when you went from win now mode to now you're in who knows what are you, you know, do you start a rebuild? Do you try to find a way to get because you're not going to be you're hoping you're not drafting the top three, top five again anytime soon. Obviously, they traded up to that top pick. But uh, nonetheless, that's something that they had to trade capital away for the next two uh, drafts to be able to get there. So even so, if it, you know, two years down the road, you realize, hey, we drafted the wrong guy. This guy stinks. Well, guess what? You still don't have another first round draft pick to try to get a guy. And you don't even have draft capital to be able to go into that first round to try to get another guy. So it's 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 a, it could be a house of cards. It could just be one domino falling and then the rest of it all comes crumbling down. But so that's why you, you got to nail this if you're the 49ers. You've got to nail this pick, whatever it is. And again, that's why if it was me. I go Kyle Pitts. I don't even try to risk it with the quarterback. I just go Kyle Pitts and let the cards fall where they may because if you don't nail this, then you're in trouble. Yeah, all right. Let's get into some uh, draft props here. So I mentioned I'm going to put – I got uh, Kyle Pitts plus 2,000 for uh, to be the number three pick. Another pick I have that I locked in on Monday – Wavering on, I still, um, it's, it's locked in, so I'm going to say it. But I have Micah Parsons to be the first defensive player drafted. Chris Spielman is a special advisor to the uh, Lions. Heavy, heavy way, heavy say in the draft room. So that is what I'm going on. I'm hoping that they will draft Micah Parsons uh, first. If not, then the Panthers. I think could take a lineman and then the Broncos could add a linebacker. They need some help. So I'm hoping, I think you got two shots in there with the lions and the Broncos. The problem is if field starts to slide, I think the lions probably want to trade down. Then these trades get into the mix. And next thing you know, three teams trade around and the Cowboys are picking a number 10 and they're certainly going to take uh certain or, um, or J.C. Horn, so you're kind of off there. But the value is plus 500, so I think that's pretty pretty solid value for that. Because I, I, if the Lions pick, I think they're going to pick Micah Parsons at seven. I think I think that's what it's going to be because Spielman and the heavy influence and their defense was atrocious last year. Um, so that's and I saw a guy in Detroit uh, that I follow said that said that about Spielman and Parsons. So I'll. I'll I'll go with that. That's that's one of them. Uh, what else do you got? I got some over-under drafts, but see what else you got, Ryan. Yeah, no, that's that's mainly what I got was over-under. Um, if I was throwing darts, again, I mentioned Panay Sewell, um, drafted top five. That's plus 115 for a little extra juice. Um, you know, so that dress actually making some money there, but everything else that I have is all over-under uh, just because I didn't really see any value in, in any of the other stuff. Yeah, I, there's some team things. I think it's interesting. You know what team that I think is is bound to make a move that people are so everyone's looking for quarterback? Watch out for the Saints to trade up for one of these guys, I think. I think the Saints are sleeping in the weeds here trying to get up for one of these young quarterbacks. I think they can make a move, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. There's already been some talk about them searching to trade up, and they're like, oh, it's going to be for a cornerback. No, 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 no. You can't tell me they're confident with Jameis and then Taysom Hill. 
for their quarterback. Like, I could see them trading up for whatever quarterback slides. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because they could get. See, I, I think with they where they're at, those second tier guys in the second round for quarterback. Unless you're going to get one of those top three guys that we mentioned, you could probably get somebody in the second round just as good or not far off from a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance. I'd probably just say Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, you you just you just do not like Mac Jones, huh? I think he's just your average guy. I think he's Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm not going to, as you said, you want to spend a top a first round pick on Kirk Cousins? Right. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, absolutely not. We know how it's I feel that, about Kirk. It's not that I hate. Yeah, it's not that I hate Mac Jones. I just think he's Kirk Cousins 2.0. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a fine quarterback, but I, uh, I just don't, I don't see it. And it's also look pairing in the right system too, obviously. Yeah. So he could obviously, his ceiling could rise if he gets in the right coaching um, spot. But I mean, I don't know. I, first of all, other than these other quarterbacks that are going in the second round, Kellen Mond, second or third round, potentially Davis Mills, never seen him play a down. He's like the next hot guy on there. Kyle Trask seems like he's just getting uh, slept on. Like people forgot that he played at Florida. I, he did have a lot of talent on that offense, but he was pretty solid. He was in the Heisman Trophy race till the last couple of weeks of the season. Well, maybe they uh, saw that they saw that bowl game and they were like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe we." Yeah, well, we saw the bowl guy. game when half the offense was out. They saw, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be. I think yeah, people are sleeping on him. But um, all right, sorry there for. Uh, but no, what else you got? So I got this one. Kind of hurts. I got Christian Darisau under 15 and a half at for plus 105. I don't know how he slips past 14 with Minnesota. I think he probably goes around 13 with the Chargers. Obviously, I want him to fall to 19. I just don't see it happening. Um, so, again, for a little extra ju- juice, I'll take under 15 and a half or plus 105. Um, for uh, Devontae Smith, this one was tough because they set it right at 11 and a half. And I think the Eagles at 12 are where they take them. So I would take over minus 120. I don't really like taking minus money on this, but I think that's a safe bet there. Uh, and then Jamar Chase over five and a half at plus 150. Because again, I do think that he falls to that sixth pick, um, you know, maybe even seventh, uh, or excuse me, no, not seventh, um, eighth to uh, Carolina. I think Carolina has a chance to, to grab him there at eight. Um you know, instead of a instead of a uh, a tackle or a a corner, and then you know they're obviously they're still talked about maybe even grabbing a quarterback. I know they just traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos, but uh, I so I think Jamar Chase or excuse me, uh, did I say Jamar Chase? I was definitely talking Jalen Waddle. I think Jamar Chase. Yeah, you said Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. He's definitely going six. So that's still over five and a half at plus one fifty. Uh, I don't think he he falls out of the top seven. Um, and then uh, that's really all I got because like I said, there just wasn't a ton of value for a lot of these guys. Micah Parsons under 13 and a half minus 125. I don't really like that, but I think it's a lock. Again, we talked about Patrick Sertan. He's at over 10 and a half at plus 150. I think there's no way he slips past um, the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, there just there's wasn't a ton, a ton of value for for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I uh, I have Rashad Bateman under 27 and a half at minus 25. My uh, the one of the Browns message boards I frequent. Uh, last year they give they gave out the uh, Dave Gettleman loves Andrew Thomas as his first offensive lineman, and they said that the Browns don't think Bateman is going to be on the board when they pick, and they pick at twenty six, so under twenty seven and a half at one twenty five. I a uh, lot of hype around Landon Dickerson. There's been a lot of first round buzz on him lately. Minus one twenty, that's under thirty six and a half. So you've got some. Uh, You've got some play. You got some room there to play with, and then I locked in. Um, you could have bet what round uh, Davis Mills was going to be drafted in. I think they might have taken it off the board. Um, oh no, it's still there. I uh, boy, this dropped a lot. Um, I will take Davis Mills to be drafted in the second round of plus one sixty-five. I think he goes in the second round, um, and I think that's uh Pretty solid value. I'll tell you what, I don't hate Kellen Mond in the second round of plus 325. Now, Kellen Mond, we are obviously uh, 
not the biggest Kellen Mond fans, but it seems like a lot of people in the NFL are. So if you want to like second round plus 325, even throw the third round in a plus 200, like take both of those, you're probably going to be coming out on top on both of those. So I don't think that's, those are too bad, uh, too bad bets either. Yeah, no, not at all. Did you see this one? Um, will fans boo the first selection of the Cleveland Browns? I did see that. It's plus 400 to say yeah. yes. Yeah. The problem I mean, is I wonder. You, you, you need what, what you need <clears throat> is to lock that in, find a message board, and cook the books on that one. Well, I don't know how many fans are going to be there. It's like pouring rain all day. I mean, there's going to be fans there, but they also draft 26. If you boo the Browns pick, I think you're just dumb. Unless it's like, I don't even know what a bad pick. If the Browns took a quarterback, that'd be a bad pick. Or a running back. Then they would boo. But I think Browns fans are in a weird spot here. Like, if you look at the roster, the Browns have a ton of talent on the roster. We're just drafting for depth. Like, this is a weird, this is a, this is a weird, this is a weird spot for the Browns to be in. This is a weird, um, a weird spot. So I don't. Like I'm excited to watch the draft, but the Browns, eh, you know what? Whatever they do, whatever they do, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pretty fine with. I, I'm just, eh, we're just, you know what? We're a good football team now. The draft, I'm glad to be drafting 26. I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling today, because this yeah. is the, this has been the Browns Super Bowl for years, for right. forever, and it's just, it ain't that, it, it, it ain't it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about so that you could bet on what team they do the first? Uh, the first, did they take Washington off? I was going to ask what you thought Washington was going to do because I, oh no, they're there. Uh, linebacker for Washington at plus 250. That seems pretty good, right? That does seem good. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu Karamora out of, out of Notre Dame could be there. Um, I, I have fallen in love with two guys that I didn't probably about a month and a half ago. And if we're going to get them, I want to trade back. The first one is Zayvon Collins. I'd like to trade back maybe 26, 27 somewhere and get him. He's a he's a big linebacker, but he came in at his pro day weighing a little bit heavier than he was. Uh, 6'4", he was playing at 6'4", like around like 240, 250, but could just absolutely move all over the place. And then Jamin Davis uh, out of Kentucky, another guy that I'd like to trade back for because he might even be in the second round there. Um, so, you know, the, the, the number one choice is a tackle. Uh, outside of Tevin Jenkins. I don't want Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. But even if we got Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, we could kick him inside the guard, play him a little bit at right tackle, um, you know, whatever it may be. Again, Christian Derisau, number one. Uh, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't even hate taking Greg Newsom at, at 19, but maybe, again, a trade back for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, so there, there's a couple different options there. But I think, because I think it, uh, in the second round, there's a couple guys, a linebacker that they can grab. Baron Browning uh, out of Ohio State, Jabril Cox out of uh, um, LSU, Dylan Moses out of Alabama. Those are all three guys that I've had my on in that second round. So there's definitely some linebacker depth in this draft as well. Uh, yeah, no, there is. An offensive of lineman is plus 140. Um, that's the favorite for Washington. Yeah, I just the you know Rashawn Slater is absolutely not going to be there. It's going to be it's going to be risky. I, if Christian Darius slides past fourteen, I wouldn't mind jumping up to fifteen or sixteen to try to get him. Uh, all right. Yeah, I do think it's also interesting from the NFC stamp NFC East standpoint that they picked 10, 11, 12. Yeah, right yeah, in a row. Funny, yeah, and how like that jockeying for position and and what. Uh, and what goes on there? Like, I'm not buying the 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 Giants drafting a receiver. They've spent a ton of money on receivers. Why Gettleman seems like old school, where he wouldn't draft a receiver high. Um, yeah, see, I think that's where Rashawn Slater goes. Is right there at at 11. Yeah, um, something like that, or they could take a de- another defensive player and end or something like that. Um, but that's an interesting uh, jockeying for position with those three NFC. Uh, um, Three NFC East uh, teams. All right. Do you have anything else for the draft that you want to touch on? Uh, no, I think that's it uh, as far as the draft. Oh, I have one thing. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I am looking forward to it. We got to get this. What uh, what round does Sam Ellinger go? Ellinger go? Or does he get drafted? He does get drafted. He gets drafted in the sixth round. Sixth round? Yeah. Okay. Um, we need an over-under on Sam Ellinger um, to get drafted. 
Uh, maybe that comes in on on uh, on Saturday or something like that on the third day. But uh, all right, sixth round. Do you have a what team takes them? This would be amazing if you got this. He the does Washington smell like a team. Raiders guy. He smells like a Raiders player. I mean, Jake Jake was all on board with it. That uh, let's just say <laughs> yeah. that he was all on board with saying that Sam Ellinger much better than Derek Carr. Um, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. <laughs> I may be, I may be reshuffling his words a little bit. Yes. Um, but he, he, he didn't want to take a stand, which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, disappointing there, but all right. Sixth round for old, uh, Sammy E. Um, but all right. Uh, you want to get in a little NBA? Is that what, what have you been, uh, what have you sports wise you've been watching lately? A lot uh, of baseball. Obviously. A lot of baseball. Yeah, we we failed to mention this Yankee sweep of the Indians. Uh, it wasn't a sweep, was it? Three uh, one. Yeah. Oh, it's three one. Okay, so we we did we didn't mention that, which was good because last time the Yankees beat the Indians, somebody had a little bit of an outburst on this show. So well, it's probably pro- probably a good idea that we that we missed that. Um, no, what? It's yeah. a regular season. Not <laughs> no, a big deal. Playoffs are different. We just fail. Um, but, uh, obviously basketball with the Suns clinching their first playoff spot in 10 years. That's been great. CP three and Devin Booker have just been absolutely tearing it up, which has been great to watch. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. We watched a little UFC this weekend. Uh, but uh, I've been all, you know, I've been all over the place. I've been pretty locked in. I will say I'm a little worried about the Suns going into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I am too. Like I said, I, I mentioned this a couple months ago. I something's going to happen where they match up with the Lakers or they match up with, uh, you know, somebody that's just always all, all of a sudden hot and get knocked down the first round. I can see it coming from a mile away. It's yeah. Well, they're the two spot. I think that's fine. But uh, the 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 bigger thing is is that they just got to avoid the Lakers. Yeah. Because, as you know, as I know. It doesn't really matter who LeBron's playing. They're going to win. Like yeah. LeBron is going to win. He's going to do whatever it takes to win um, in the playoffs, especially in the early rounds. Yeah. So the, the goal for any team is, and I'm not, I'm not saying the Suns are the Hawks with Kyle Korver when they won 60 games. Right. But... Everybody was saying, yeah, the Hawks can compete. The Hawks can compete. The Hawks can compete. And the Cavs swept them. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, they're like, oh, the Hawks learn. Jeff Teague reigns a three, 12 minutes or three minutes into the first uh, first quarter of game one and is walking back saying, not this year, not this year. Their ass gets swept again. I just do not. You just you want to be on the opposite side of LeBron, the opposite side of the Lakers. Now everybody else, I think they got a shot, but just avoiding the Lakers until the conference finals is what you have to do. Agreed. Totally agreed. And well, I would say I would be a little nervous of the Mavs, but the problem is that the Suns own the Mavs. So even going back for what the last four or five years, the Suns just seem to own the. Uh, own the Mavericks, but right now the Suns would play the playoff or in the playing game. So, who knows? That's Portland. They've played better. Um, it seems like Golden State's tailing off a little bit right now. Who knows? But I, Golden State's Steph. So yeah. And if you're, I've, if any, if I'm the Jazz or the Suns, I hope the if the Warriors make it, I'd gladly take them because look, you could you could withstand a, a Seth game or two. He's not going to go off where they're going to win four in a row on you. Um, so I can, I could withstand that. I just, I would avoid the, 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 uh, the Lakers. And honestly, I know the Clippers are a bunch of choke artists, but I, they seem not enough people. I think are talking about the Clippers this year. I don't know. Cause you know what to expect from them. Yeah. But I think this is, I don't know this, it, this last year was weird. You had the time off and blah, 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 and the bubble and everything. I don't know. Maybe this year is a little different with them. I know what you expect of them, but maybe it is a little different. They got Ty Lue. They got a championship winning coach. Yeah, I'm not. I'm good on them. All right. Um, and then in the East. Yeah, I don't. The East is the East is fine. It's probably the Nets. And, the, the Bucks are a weird team. Yeah. I think we could be looking at where Giannis gets traded in a couple years. Yeah, I think so too. And within the next, I'd say within the next two or three years, he's out. 
I think like this year they're gonna have they gotta make the finals with them, and they're in that no man's land of what do we have to do to get better, and teams around them have gotten better, and you're just stuck there with this guy who is amazing, but also like he hasn't really improved his his game that much. He's still a um, he needs to shoot better from three. He's a He's a 30% three-point shooter, but he's only taken 187 this season. That still seems like a lot, but it's just it seems like they're gonna be this is they're in the finals or bust mode, and they they can't do anything to improve their roster with with the moves that they made. They they this was their big year, and the Sixers have taken a step forward. The Nets have looked great even without what I think Durant, Kyrie, and Harden have played seven games together. They got the number one seed right now. They got a whole collection of talent. It's, they're, they're, they're really in, in no man's land. Yeah, I think with the Bucks and, G- and Giannis, like we know the player that Giannis is. Like I, As good as he is, I don't know that he gets any better or develops any new skills. Like He's as good as he's going to be. Maybe those skills that he has now get, get better, but I don't see him like – all of a sudden becoming a you know a 25% uh, three-point shooter or anything like that. I think he is who he is. I think you can improve, though. Like, um, no, I do agree that he is who he is, but I also still feel like you can... The one thing that you can improve on, if you're a big guy, is shooting from three. Like, a way long time ago, we saw... Uh, Channing Fry re, re, uh, redo his game and become an outside three-point shooter. We saw Brooke Lopez totally add the three-point shooting game to your uh, to his repertoire, so he could have more um, staying power in today's NBA. So, if there is one thing that if there is one thing that you can do, it is improve your three-point shooting. But I think that takes time, and that is also something where Giannis, it's going to take maybe a year or two, and then when he really does that, it's going to um, take his game to the next level. But we've also been waiting for Giannis to get much better as a three-point shooter and establish the um, and establish his game from the outside and just it just really hasn't happened as of right now. It just hasn't, uh, it hasn't happened. So we'll have to see where they, uh, go moving forward. And then another team in the NBA that I think needs some, uh, talking about, well, I don't know if they need some talking about, but I'm glad that they're not getting the national love that they are getting. I feel like this next run right now is it's getting some run but it's not like Lynn Sanity levels Nick's uh, hype, which I'm pleased with. Well, I think it's because it's kind of been a steady, steady kind of incline or steady good play where Lynn Sanity was literally like, what, like five or six games and then it was done where the Knicks, I mean, Julius Randle has been on an absolute tear. I think he needs to be talked about for MVP a little bit more as well as he's been playing. Um, I mean, he talked about a big guy that can do it all. He's he can handle the ball. He they run the offense through him, whether it's in the post, whether it's at the top of the key, and he's shooting threes, um, shooting off of off of picks, waving guys off, and just taking guys one on one. So I think that's why is because it's been a steady increase in play. Uh, it's been a steady um, incline on this play, and and they've they, they've just been doing it well for for a couple months now, and so that's why I think it's not really getting the hype that you would expect. And it's kind of just like, hey, the Knicks are playing well. They might be a decent team. No, they're definitely a decent team. They're definitely a solid team. And uh, But you know they're going to fall think, apart at the, in the playoffs because that's what Tibbs does. He just runs his guys right into the ground. Well, that's another thing. So maybe the shortened season, what, they're only playing 72 games this year, right? Yeah. So maybe those extra 10 games are going to be a big deal. Um, we only got two weeks left in the season pretty much. Yep. Because it's the playoffs start the fifteenth, I think. So we'll have to see, uh, or the playing starts the fifteenth, and then the, and then the other things um, go on, uh, go on that. But all right, do you have anything else before we wrap up here? Pretty much just the drafts going on. Yeah, that's it. Just ready for that, gearing up. Um. Yeah, so it should be a good weekend. 
this weekend. So we'll come back, talk some NFL draft recap. Oh, FCS. Do you have picks for SES? Oh, yes, I do. I do. I do. Sorry. No, that's okay. Let me pull them up here real quick. I forgot I had my uh, I had them locked in here. So we got Arkansas Pine Bluff playing this weekend, even though obviously it's not part of the FCS playoff. So you know what? We're going to take them plus three against Alabama A&M. Uh, I like Jacksonville State laying the three and a half against uh, Delaware. I like Sam Houston State plus three against North Dakota State. Keep your eye on Sam Houston State. I think they might win outright. Uh, and then I got James Madison laying two and a half against North Dakota. So I'm fading both North Dakota teams. We saw how well that worked out for Warren last week. We'll see uh, We'll see how it f- fares for your boy this week. Isn't Sam Houston State like the two seed? They're, yeah. they're, they're like a nationally the, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're the three seed. They're the three seed. Uh, James Madison is the two seed. And they're getting points at home against North Dakota State? Yeah. That seems like a fishy. Yep. Uh a fishy, fishy line there. Um, there is Formula One this weekend, but I do not have any uh, Formula One picks right now. Um, and put me is, on, put me down for Max Verstappen and Louis Hamilton. That's probably pretty good because this is it is uh, amazing. Still, they're both plus one twenty five to win. Perfect. I'm 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 amazed that they're both still like plus money. I I know it's probably hard to say a winner is going to be minus like two people are going to be minus but just to save themselves like i feel like they should just be pretty much even money to win the race um but uh i think it's supposed to rain again in portugal i haven't even looked at the weather um uh forecast for this week um but i heard it's really supposed to rain there and you know you put a little water on the track and uh it's just a lovely sight out there. So that should be... No, Sunday's supposed to be something perfect. Uh, 0% chance of rain. The guy I saw earlier uh, lied about that. But we did secure F1 tickets for the uh, race in Austin in October. So that's exciting. Nice. So we'll be going down to uh, to uh, go check that out. So, all right. That'll do it for us this week. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks, everybody, for listening.